0: Good morning, sir.
1: Kevin, Corey, Mike, good to be on again with you, but what a time to be on. Um, Here we are rolling into uh, uh, the San Francisco 49ers playoff time.
0: Now, we always hear about players and coaches stepping up their game. Do you also step up your game when it comes time for the playoffs?
1: Well, of course, uh, my game... uh, uh, uh it's got to be an imaginative, which I will get into imagination, <laughs> thinking about that pass I'm going to catch or thinking about that run I'm going to make and, and bully the bully and uh, all of those kinds of things. But uh, there's no question something gets revved up, and, and I guess it's part of my game. But uh, uh, I know this, it's an exciting time. It uh, uh, just reminds us uh, – uh, where you're trying to go, uh, we all know what's at stake. It, uh, You know, every tackle, every tackle takes on an elevated meaning. Uh, ever run for two yards, uh, ever, ever play, every time we reach out there and, and uh, get the quarterback by his foot and bring him down for no gain, all of that, each play has its own distinct meaning because you don't get but about 60 of them in the game. Jerry,
2: do you have a lucky breakfast, a lucky shirt, a lucky tie, a lucky jacket? Because if the Cowboys win on Sunday, I know next week I'm doing the exact same thing. So I'm wondering if you have something that is lucky for you this Sunday.
1: Quite a challenge because I've used up about everything known to man. <laughs> To uh, have those luck, and as sure as the ones that have worked, I can give you a little instance when it didn't quite meet the mark to have it on. But uh, I do, I really do. I have some cufflinks that I, uh, right after I got out of school, I uh, uh, traded with a jeweler and uh, traded some insurance for those cufflinks. And I had them made for my father. And so I gave those to him. That was... uh, uh, that many years ago from my father right after I graduated from college. And when he passed, Mama gave them back to me. Now, those are pretty precious, and I, I have those either on or in my pocket or I've had them in my left pocket, my right pocket, separated in my cuff. I've had them every place you can put those cufflinks. Mm. And uh, generally, they've uh, uh, certainly just... Uh, Uh, because of who wore them for 60 years, Uh, my dad, uh, they're going to bring me some kind of luck no matter what, just the fact that I get there and back alive.
0: Now, we have a working theory this morning. We kicked off the show with Jim Nance that perhaps he could be your lucky charm. The last time he called a Cowboys playoff game was for the 1993 season when you all won the Super Bowl. So maybe Jim Nance could be your good luck charm this weekend.
1: Well, since we're talking about the commentators, Jim Nancy is lucky. And uh, certainly we've had some times it didn't go our way with him. But in general, he's big time. And that uh, certainly makes me twinkle when I think of that Jim is going to do the game. But that guy sitting beside him, Tony Romo, now I just want to be near him. And uh, uh, it's going to be uh, exciting to know that Uh, Romo's doing that game. He's just outstanding in his commentary for our fans. And uh, it uh, uh, couldn't be more appropriate. And uh, in addition to that, he's got the ability to see things that, that really are beyond anybody that I've been around in football.
2: Jerry, I texted George Teague uh, the other day and asked him, I said, listen, you know, I grew up in this in this era of hating the San Francisco 49ers. We we went through that as kids, and and that's part of it. Is it okay to hate them, and who would you nominate to to defend the star uh, as the guy who was the defender of the star? And he said, it's okay to hate the Niners. It's expected. Uh, and then he said he would nominate Micah because that dude is passionate, loves the game, and just loves football and loves this team specifically Do you have some some hatred from from those experiences you had back in the day?
1: Well, it's fair to call it. It's fair to make it that strong. (laughs) Uh, And uh, I'll always uh, regret uh, that uh, we let them get out on us 21 in a championship game that I thought we had the team to (laughs) win the whole thing. And... uh, uh, they beat us out there in San Francisco. But I'll always remember the game that uh, when Alvin Harper caught that pass and we threw it off the goal line and went for 80-something yards and nailed them to the wall uh, out there in that first playoff game that we played. And a lot of people won't remember what I'm the times I'm talking about. Uh, but George Seig, uh, uh, George is a uh, really, really great individual. Inside. Yep. Uh, There's everything in there to like. Uh, But, boy, was he uh, competitive on the field. And George T. had a back, his spine, that when you looked at it on uh, x-ray, you can't play. You can't walk. It's so uh, messed up. Yet he never had any symptoms, and to my knowledge, it never limited him from playing football. Wow. But if you had taken pictures of his spine and looked at some of the disc and things like that involved, uh, you wouldn't think it would work. Uh, but this guy was always a competitor, came, played at Alabama. Boy, and uh, he knew uh, the, the game, how to, how to play the game physically, and that's what he was about. And uh, uh, T.O., and I know him, and I really like T.O., uh, but uh, T.O. was uh, messing with a pretty good man that day.
0: Now I know things can change rapidly when it comes to this. Yesterday seemed like positive news on the COVID front for y'all's team. As it stands this morning, is there any are there any updates that we need to know about? And do you anticipate anybody missing the game due to COVID?
1: No, at this time of the morning, I'm I'm clear on our. Of information, and we don't have any uh, more to report at all, uh, COVID, and uh, don't anticipate any. Uh, We're really uh, very uh, prudent in how we're keeping our distance, keeping our masks on. Uh, The players are using their head relative to any exposure, any unnecessary uh, uh, contacts that uh, uh, might impact our team. So, Uh, all's well there. I give it a thumbs up.
2: Does Debo Samuel worry you the most on the San Francisco 49ers?
1: Well, it's fair to say. uh, We loved him coming out. And uh, he was impactful in college uh, to be trite and uh, that he has uh, uh, continued that trajectory. And uh, just the fact they use him in every way, try to get the ball in his hands the way they do tells you uh, tells you a lot. Um, uh, it, uh, if I'm going to make a comparison or a reminder, uh, uh, you know, we like to get the ball in Lamb's hand as much as uh, uh, they probably uh, uh, but, but like to get the ball in uh, Tebow's hands. Uh, so uh, we're, we've got somebody that I think has the kind of energy and the kind of threat, uh, run after catch or just run, as a Tebow does now the Tebow. the so, not Tebow, Tebow yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah Tebow he was physical too uh, the you use the term that we heard Micah Parsons use earlier this week and I think it got a lot of juice flowing around DFW when you hear bully the bully uh, it, it's a it's a great feeling because you feel like that guy's the hero uh, but the this Cowboys team has been there's been a lot of finesse to them and 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 everybody keeps talking about San Francisco being the physical team. Uh, is there a way the Cowboys can go out there, be more physical, and still have some of that finesse that they, we've seen all season?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I I would tell you that our secondary uh, at the safety spot, especially, and I would say uh, uh, with our linebackers, I would say that we're as uh, physical behind uh, down linemen as I've seen us in years. And so uh, uh, we're very physical there and uh, certainly we've got our share of guys that know how to bring it uh, inside. Uh, I would say this about it. Uh, you put the uh, Tyron Smith out there, the, uh, our big center, our big uh, right tackle. Uh, you put those guys out there, and you've got, uh, you've got enough physical to get the job done.
0: Now, I, I know clearly a lot and most of the focus is on the playoffs, but yesterday we got word that it looks like Will McClay has or is signing a new deal. I was hoping if there's anything you could tell us about that or just in general about how important Will McClay is to the success of this franchise.
1: Well, Will's got a 20 year background with us uh, and he was actually coached the arena team and is uh, outstanding and has evolved. And he's uh, been around uh, a lot of good people over the 20 years in our organization. And, uh, he serves a real uh, key role. Uh, Will puts, uh, he manages your scouts, and he manages, uh, uh, he goes as far as looking at their bills on their hotel rooms. Oh, whoa. So he manages their activity as a scout. And uh, uh, at the end of the day, uh, when I look at uh, uh, the evaluation and I look at what we think of a player, uh, I give a lot of credence to what the coaches have to say. Now, they've come in. They haven't spent the year looking at them. But I give a lot of credence to what they say. Uh, I have third-party consultants that I talk to that, uh, are, that I give credence to what they say. And then, of course, Stephen Jones, my son, is uh, obviously uh, in charge of personnel. Because a big part of personnel have to do with looking at the need of the team and, if you will, the money, the salary cap. Uh, and you got to look around corners. It's not just about today, it's tomorrow. And you've got to consider where you've been in the past. And so when I look over there and I see where we are regarding everybody's opinion as to what the player uh, can be as a football player, and you've got your scouting, and you've got uh, uh, the culmination of all of that, and you've got a lot of other opinions in that room too, or not just in that room. So you combine it all. I've been asked, how much do you give the coaches when you decide where, whether you're going to take a player or not? How much do you give them? I'd say 20%, 25%. I'd say I give our scouts probably 20 30%. I'd say I give general knowledge of the player from third parties 20, 30%. And so Will is a part of gathering that information, and I listen to how Will thinks about the player as well. And all of that is how we come down, and we ultimately step up there, and I make the pick. So he plays an important role in that.
2: Jerry, you have you know, the, the addition of Dan Quinn, I think we've discussed at length, has been a a phenomenal addition for this team specifically to have the defense doing what it's doing and doing it so quickly early in the season. But now you have a guy that was a head coach while the guy he's coaching against on Sunday was his assistant coach, was the coordinator. Who do you think learn more about each other's game and how much have they evolved and changed since they've been apart from each other?
1: Well, I would uh, say that inordinately they're very familiar with each other. Uh, inordinately so because of the time they did spend together. thats, a, that's a, In a way, that has some uniqueness, although you see a lot of, of uh, coaches, if they've made their way around the NFL, which many of them have, then they've spent time on the same staffs together. And uh, there's no question in my mind that if you were around either of those two coaches, then you would come away with a lot of respect for how they approach the game. And uh, the the real thing is that you also know uh, that nobody's got all the answers. Nobody. And uh, if you could find that guy, you'd uh, that that would be something. But nobody's got all the answers. But they do know that. And in this particular case with Dan Quinn, since I've spent time since he's been here with him, he's outstanding. And so uh, he has the ability to uh, carry all the mail. He can motivate. He can basically teach. He's a teacher. Uh, He can basically be innovative, and he can change what he's doing in the middle of the game. That's a big key. He can change what he's doing in the middle of the game. And so I think those kinds of things fit him uh, and fit those coaches. It makes for a great matchup. Is there any
0: concern? There's been rumblings about it, I I guess. Is there any concern about what percentage of fan breakdown will be at the stadium on Sunday? You're hyped for the playoffs. We're hyped for the playoffs. But all this noise keeps coming in about how many 49ers fans are going to be there.
1: Well, I would say that, uh, you know, every game, uh, we have the highest attendance in the NFL, and uh, considerably so. And so uh, I look out across there, and every game will have some uh, visiting team support in that game. But the attendance, the ability to have that kind of attendance, creates uh, technically more visiting team uh, uh, fans. Uh, percentage is what you want to look at. And I'll guarantee you this will be a Cowboys crowd without question. Yeah, just drown
2: them out. You know, that's all yeah. you got to do. Just, just make sure the Cowboys fans drown them out. And it, it doesn't matter where they're sitting or how loud they can try to be as long as Cowboys fans are louder, right?
1: Well, that's the case, of course, and sound. And we'll probably, since the weather's the way it is, a uh, little cool out there, we'll probably have uh, uh, the roof closed. And so uh, uh, all of that makes. But this is a home game and we'll get the benefit of a home crowd. We just need to get them in play early our fans and we need to get them in play uh, steadily and we need their help uh, because uh, when you go to other places boy that home field advantage can really dictate uh, a lot about the outcome of the game and uh, this is a case this is a chance for us to with our fans to help dictate the outcome of this game.
0: All right. There you go. Tolos. There you go. Cowboys one of fans. The things
1: I do want to mention that I'm excited about really excited about this is that we have one of the youngest medal of honor recipients that are going to be flipping the coin for us out there. Oh, great. and uh, that's exciting. Uh, I've gotten a chance, got a chance to as recently as last night to, be around these Medal of Honor, many of these Medal of Honor recipients. And I was with Flo Groberg last night, and uh, I want you to know something. When I think about what they've done to have this country that we're getting to play this game in and live the lives that we kind of live, it is unbelievable. And uh, Flo, not the guy that's flipping the point, but Flo Groberg, who lives in this area, I was so impressed because he was adopted, and uh, he was from another country. And he was adopted, and he said, you know, I went through that, well, I'm not really my parents' kid, I don't know if, I don't know about that. And he said, I got through that. And then he said, I started looking around at what America had done for so many people, including me. Because I'm a... Uh, 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 a person born outside the country, and he said, it just made me want to do everything I can for this country. And that's why I went to, uh, uh, served uh, his his time and became a Medal of Honor recipient. But it was absolutely amazing to hear him talk about how great a place we live, And so when we see that guy flip that coin out there tomorrow at halftime or Sunday out there at halftime, I hope we all remember uh, it was guys like that that let us have this country.
0: Appreciate you letting us know that. We've actually had Flo on the show in the past. He's He's an awesome guy. We're hyped for the playoffs. You're hyped for the playoffs. Thank you very much, good sir.
1: You bet, guys. Bye-bye.